Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're here, we're going to be talking about Frasier, as we said last week, which we didn't get to, because again, sorry I talked about Shugs for so long. He's going to talk more about wrestling today, let's see how long this lasts. It's not going to be that long, don't worry. You said that last time. No, I didn't make any promises, because last time was a two-day show. Nah. Shut up. Anyway. Anyway. We, uh... And we've also got quite a bit to say about Bret Hart coming up later. Yeah. Sadly, we don't have the side right to go with it because... We could sum it up in one simple sentence. Bret Hart is a cunt. I think we... I think we're both going to... something a little more creative. I was going to say, I think my my reasons for not liking Bret Hart are going to be... I'm going to break that mind down more, whereas yours is just going to be... He's a prick. He's a... Yeah, I'm wanting to the point. He's a knob-end. Whiny, self-important bitch, that's what he wants. Well, we're jumping ahead of it. I'm sure everyone's dying to know first of all the exciting things you get up to between shows. No, we're not. <laughs> Indulge me. I'm not even excited to know the exciting things I get up to during the fucking shows. What did I do? I don't know, I wasn't there, I was co- asking you. Over the course of the weekend, myself and Brian finished off not just a bottle of Jim Beam, but a bottle of vodka too. We drank a lot of booze. And as Paul's friendly endorsement of alcoholism. Yeah. So we, we drank booze and I watched The Outer Limits. I got the first season of the 1965-66 second season. Does, it. Is that what we were watching what right now? I was now? watching. That's one of the episodes. And I find it quite riveting. That came in as you were finishing the end of an episode and I was... Completely lost. Yeah, well, you were watching a second parter in the very end of it, so. Yeah, I know. That, that episode had particular interest for me because it had Robert Duvall who played the conciliary guy in The Godfather. Alright. And he was also Sergeant Sturgeon Tanner in Deep Impact. Mm-hmm. I hope I pronounced that right, but. Yeah, he's a cool spaceship dude to decides them we're gonna make a big sacrifice to stop the asteroid in it. It's a great movie. Morgan Freeman plays the president. I don't know. Have you seen it? No, I just know he's in it as the president. Ah What what um It's like the sixth sense, I've not seen it, I know what happened at the end. Like that, that little dickhead who played Frodo. What's Elijah Wood. Yeah, he's in it. Very young him. And, you know, He's a central character in it, but he's got this really irritating girlfriend who whines a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it's a great movie. Alright. Yeah, yeah uh, I didn't have a, a biggest thing other than going to Edinburgh to see Discover Wrestling. Here he goes, people, with the wrestling. Shut up. Oh yes, God forbid I talk about wrestling. What are we going to talk about later in the show, Paul? He's not a wrestler, he's a cunt. Who who was a wrestler? Shut up. Says. Anyway, I also got a haircut. As you, well, as Paul can see. Oh yeah, I didn't. And you're always going to have your hair, but you never notice it. What a bastard you are. Yes, I am. I am. I work on it though. <laughs> Is that what you do during the week? You just practice it on place to be a bastard. Yes, yes, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't actually. Uh, it, it comes naturally to me. I'm fucking noticed. <laughs> uh, you know, you need 
hate to relax about Scott. You do. <laughs> it's very it's very difficult around you standings because you just you wind me up at times. I I, I worry at times. I wonder if it's one of these days you go to say, Paul, you're so infuriating. Paul, you're so infuriating. <laughs> I just worry there's going to be but sometimes the people listening think, do these guys actually like each other at all? Of course we do. Yeah, of course we do. Of course we do. There's some days he's more difficult to deal with than others. Yeah, well, you know, bring bring treats, bring a little case of miniatures and you'll be fine. Entice me with boozy treats. When was the last time you brought anything? I can't believe you didn't bring treats. Ah, oh, see that? Yeah, he knows he's he's in, he's also in the wrong. He's trying to turn it back around on me. I'm not trying. I'm successfully turning it. Yeah, you just hear that awkward silence as he, the wheels were turning and think, shit, I've got to think of something. Hmm. I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking if I had any more stuff I could put in this roll-up. Anyway, Discovery <laughs> Wrestling. Some more PG promotion, family-friendly. Was it, it kind of gay? No, it's fun. Oh, okay. Because uh, there are mix of there are there are your over there are mix of promotions in UK. Well, like your every promotions like your Progress or your ICW that are more and a lot older hardcore fans where you've got more your family. Then well, like there's parents who don't know all the wrestling, but they know their Wayne's watch wrestling. You know, bring the Wayne's on. Like you've got companies in Scotland like SWA, BCW, and also we've got uh, Discovery's one and but it's got a lot of good wrestling. It was a really good show. So you're so you're gonna say something? No, no, I was just gonna criticise. Not at all. It was actually quite good. I know you right here. Oh, it's a family friendly promotion. To no. you, it might seem shit, but it's actually it's better than what I'm making it sound. I managed to deal with the PG era, so I'm sure I could it's, deal with most of this. It's not. It's nothing to. It's not fair to compare the PG era to ET. This to a promotion like Discovery. Was that a, a slight on Discovery then? Yes. All oh, right. Well, sorry, Discovery. I'm sorry. I compared you to that shit. Yeah, so it's the uh, based in Edinburgh. I mentioned uh, Sarah from ESSR, who's from Edinburgh. She's always gone on about bloody Discovery. Yeah. Always going on about oh, well, when a wrestler who usually wrestles in Discovery comes to ICW and we're talking about it. Oh, dude, he's so good. He's seeming really like, oh yeah, shut up a bit, Sarah. And like he's coming to ICW, he's probably not ready for it. Because ICW is quite intense looking, from what I've seen. No, it's not fair to say he's not ready. He's not ready for ICW. It's just it's the same kind of wrestling. Not over everybody who does a match in ICW has to do the stuff like I've shown you. Yeah. There are still people who put on good wrestling matches, like in ECW, where there are still guys who just wrestled yeah, and I didn't know. have to, and and weren't and just could do that without having to. I know, I know, but it became so dull after a while. Okay, anyway. It's like watching a Hulk Hogan match for the umpteenth millionth time when you've seen it once, you know. Anyway, what was I going to say? Right. We got me and my brother went down with uh, Kwaku, we got a lift in his car. Is that the loud guy? Yes, very loud. I actually watched some of ICW back on demand for a review I was doing. Yeah. And uh, you can actually hear him specifically shouting shouting for Jackie Polo. I believe it's in his, in his second night match against Radio. You can hear him. Let's just listen out for it. And we hear someone who sounds like the human equivalent of a foghorn. 
That's yeah. that, that's probably Quacko. If whatever, if there's an opportunity ever that you can show me that, I'm sure you can point it out. Right. I don't think I'll need to point out. You can probably tell, like, is that that person who's been the loudest out of the Jackie people chatting Jackie? Aye, that's Quacko. Hmm. Yeah, we went to him. It was a fun way. One of the old matches featured a guy called Martin Kirby, and he was complaining to the referee, he's pulling my hair. Now, the funny, what's funny about that is Martin Kirby is one of the baldest men you'll ever meet in your life. That, that was a, that was the joke. Isn't it? We had a cause the whole thing because it was August. It was a beach party theme, even though people, some people didn't completely know that. So they had a big inflatable flamingo above the entrance ray. Mm. And as second pair, as people were going back through the curtain after the first match, the thing fell. Mm. So people, some people, some of the people ring attendants were pitting up, and mm. everybody's watching. People going, "Oh, as the thing's like teething," and the ring announcer goes, "No pressure. It's just everybody's watching you." Cool. Yeah, and uh, if you may see if you see him on Facebook or I put it up on our Twitter page, uh, I got a photo with Colt Cabana, who's there wrestling Joe Hendry. Yeah. A match that was dubbed King of the Fringe because they both got shows on the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh. Yeah, and uh, actually I put it up on our SP Rambling page and Colt Cabana actually liked it. Yeah. So that was nice of him. I put it up on our page and he liked it. Oh, that's good yeah. of him. Yeah, that was good. Good of him. I had Discovery saying it was a great show and they liked it as well, so that was nice. Liked our show? Yeah, like the tweet from our show Twitter page. That's phenomenally good. Yeah, it is. It's always good to get people saying nice things. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I said it was a good show, although the main event, I have to say, was a bit of a letdown. Did it suck? Well, not. Just compared to everything else, everything else had been good, right? And uh, I didn't, I didn't. Just to stop you, I didn't mean to sound negative. Where I'm just curious because a lot of the time, when I your think, final, I think, your I think final it, match uh, comes up, and yeah. it's not good, you generally think, "Oh, that sucked a bit." I know, I know, I'm not doing the best of explaining fan parent solutions that are more fan friendly, like uh, Discovery and some other potions. But I think if you actually went to a Discovery show, you'd probably, mm. you'd probably enjoy it because I don't know a lot. Because oh, I've seen people call like I know him. Never heard of that guy. I know that, <laughs> but they but I went in on and enjoyed it either way. Oh, you always get like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I'm not sure of him. But anyway, yeah, Joe Coffey is the uh, he holds their main title, which is just referred to as the Y Division title. The Y Division. The Aye. Y Division. <laughs> it's a gold. It's a gold belt with just a big Y in the middle. Aye. But uh, what was it? Aye. I don't know who, I can't remember who his original point was supposed to be, but for some reason they pulled out so they had an open challenge. And it's answered by Aaron Echo. And um, I mentioned there's a guy called James, who's a friend of sales, who joined me, Ross, and Quacko in the car. And he could not get over the fact that you could quite clearly tell under Aaron Echo's thing that he was not wearing pants. And I think, like, why? And he, keep, he kept bringing it back to the fact that he could tell. And I'm like, James, will you let it go? Have you been traumatised by this experience? What what was the guy wearing? It was just a it was a single, but you could clearly tell. Oh, was, right at the crotch area that there was clearly no pants under there. Was he was he displaying himself? Well, no, just enough. Just the out. Just there was a clear outline. I'll just uh, leave it at that. I don't, uh, I don't want to talk about a clear anymore. Outline of testicular and baldness and yeah, cockness. You know, I did want you did want to share it points, mate. This is a family friendly show. Put, Put it your cock away, man. <laughs> Like you seen the bit in Friends? We're not wrestling. You see, see, the, seen the bit in Friends where he was going to a guy who wears sh- the shorts but no pants underneath, and they all they don't they want to tell him that they can clearly see when he puts his leg up. You not seen that one? 
No, I just had a realization. That was all. What? Oh, nothing. I'll tell you later. Nothing. Nothing weird. All right. But yeah, and it's not main reason. I'm not saying it was unwell because of the real edit. Well, I'm not saying anything against Aaron Echo, but I yes. actually don't like Joe Coffey. Do you not like like Joe Coffey? Coffey's been a lot of people are going on about because he's been a big a lot of big promotions. He's now part of his new UK brand, but. When I look at him, I think he's actually boring. I think he's... Oh, do you like my new hat? I didn't realise that was a new hat. Your hat looks similar to me. Oh, well, do you like it? Yes, it's a good hat. Thank you. Thanks I'm for not. interrupting my fucking points. Oh, you cool. You were saying you don't Joke like Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey, he's referred to as the Iron Man. And, uh, oh, it's because he can go long, he can wrestle for a long periods of time and he's got good stamina and all uh-huh. that. But also means he wrestles, more often than not, he wrestles quite slow matches. Which Dull are... matches. To me, there are a lot of people seem to like him. I don't. If he takes a long time to get to the fucking point, he's dull. Yeah. What do you mean, like me <laughs> last week? Yeah, well, like you last week, he wrestles like you talked last week. Well, I had multiple points that I got to over that you period had so of time. Many. Yeah, because I'm breaking down. I was breaking down the card. That's what point of a review. You know, if it was me, I would just go. I would do an overall review and say it was well, pretty good. Well, I didn't have. We didn't have anything else to talk about. So what? I didn't feel that see the harm in talking, going a bit more in depth about fucking Scott. So I apologise multiple times. I am only winding you up. Please take it as so. <laughs> I am simply taking the piss. See, time, see, it's right. Time like this, I wish I had the cider with me right now. <laughs> so yeah, good show up until the main event because Joe Coffey is slow and really dull to me. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fair to say, I was rooting for Aaron Eckle, but Aaron Eckle did not win the Y division title. That's a shame for him. Yeah. Uh, we were me and Greg were trying to start a chant that really didn't take off. Uh, well, it didn't take off too well. But we were, El, there's a wrestler called El Ligero. He's a, he's a wrestler who's a mask. He claims to be Mexican, even though he's from Leeds. Do you know, when you told me his name, I had an inkling he wore a mask. Really? Was it the L or the Ligero that gave it away? Well, it was just the general name. El Ligero, yeah, he's yeah. wearing a mask. Well, he's a anyway, luchador he's, of some kind. Anyway, he's also on the uh, UK man, but he's now just been called Ligero. And people were chatting El Ligero, and then in the doll, me and Quacker started trying to start chatting off just Ligero. So, is he good or is he shit? No, he's good. Oh, well. He's good. We were, were saying, El Ligero, we began just Ligero. Well, it took like a few people in our role joined in everyone, but then it quickly just died. Yeah. It's kind of like when someone tries to start a clap and it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll yeah. just stop that. It is good for promotions like are more family friendly because when they have people who have been on the UK. In the, with the WUK brand or being in like World of Sport went off like when Grado goes to it's been a part of Impact yeah. where the more casual fans can they can because promoters can put Impact star technically uh-huh. WWE star and because these people if the parents who take the kids are more casual and most fans they won't know, really know it's more different to just say oh WWE my Wayne's watched WWE I'll take them to this wrestling show so that's one of the good things about the, these promotions like this because it does good business for smaller promotions yeah. All right. So you were gonna say add something there, but no, well, because no, it seemed like you were about to say something and then pause. That's why I paused yeah, as I com- well. I completely lost it. Okay. Seems like a good time as any to move on. I, to... I have smoked like three or four joints already today, though, so. But it could be why. Yeah. 
Shall we move on to our double threes? Have we got quick, we've got two episodes to get through here. Yeah. Right, we'll start with season uh, one, episode ten, simply titled Oops. Yeah, that was a silly version. <laughs> yeah. Can I just tell you, there's two timelines here. There's the timeline we were doing in that, the order we were doing, and where I am actually on with Fraser as I'm watching it, I started watching again. Yeah. I'm on season three now. Do you know, do you know what's good about the that episode that we're doing today, though? Huh? <laughs> Chopper Dave. Yeah, we'll get to Chopper Dave. But Chopper Dave. You know what the next what, next episode is? I have to watch at where I'm at, where I am right now when I'm watching season three. What know what the next episode is? I'm on. Go on. The Creds of Maine. I've got your living room. That is an awful episode. It really is. I love that episode. I hate that one. I love it. So. Okay, that also that reminds me, next week's episode well, is actually a Christmas special, so it's a perfect time to talk about it in mid-August. Yeah, oh, that's the first Christmas one, isn't uh, it? Oh, that one's dull as hell. Anyway. Yes, go on. Also, new Kate who comes into it in season three, the bot, the new boss. Yeah. After a few episodes, Kate I just... Aye. After a few episodes, I just noticed, like, I was just sitting there like, she's a terrible actress. The woman who plays Kate is just terrible. Did you know she was quite a famous actress? Alright, I've seen her face, but I don't know where from. She was, a, she was quite famed in lots of movies and things. You know? Mm. She was quite a, a... Quite an actor at the time she was asked to do Frasier. We thought it was quite cool to get that particular actress. Fair enough. So... I'm just saying, I'm going to, just I'm not going for to, me. I'll tweet her and tell her you said that. Please. You don't have Twitter. I'll get it just to fuck with you. You should get Twitter. I don't want to, because then people talk to me. You should, for the purpose of this show, you should probably get Twitter. Okay, okay, but when people complain and criticise me and I'll have to criticise them back, you know. Anyway, we were jumping way ahead there with season, we're talking about season, we're talking about season 1, episode 10, oops, oops. and it opens with Fraser and Niles and Cafe Nervosa, as they usually are, and... Niles had to get there because Maris and her acting group or whatever called. They usually are, as uh, they always fucking are. Yes, well, that's what I meant. Yeah. But, uh, because either, most episodes either open with Frasier and Niles at Kathleen Overthought or Frasier taking and a call. Both. Taking a call, yeah, so. If it ends, if it, if it opens with, one, with neither of those, you know it's going to be a different kind of episode. <laughs> <laughs> it and, sometimes starts in the apartment. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but we're we're digressing here. Yeah, but anyway, Mars is acting for doing cats. Oh. And he had to get it goes, so how so far his, his allergies are actually acting up. Yeah. He went, I'm sure you're exaggerating. Oh, Fraser, it's God is my witness. This is Chris Bant with scent marking the divan. <laughs> so he goes, I wish they'd choose more more uh, age appropriate material. Remember that when they did the sound of music at the Von Trapp children were having hot flashes. Then a group of, like you said, people from Fraser's work come, including uh, Teddy, who's an engineer, and you see her now tries to integrate himself with the black man by yeah, saying, Teddy, my man. man. And the guy just looks at him. Like, and, yeah, and then Teddy. Chopper Dave. Yeah, we, we finally meet Chopper Dave, and he just yells, That's a reach, Niles. He goes, Was I yelling? Niles' face like, Why is this man yelling at me? Was I yelling? Oh, it's talking above the blades. Whoop, 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 whoop. And, uh, Niles <laughs> goes, and I love this line, he goes, I have to go, I'm hosting a seminar on multiple personalities, it takes me forever to fill up the name tags. 
There's a, a really good one in the next episode, but we'll get to that. But so then, once they all sit down, yeah, they're, they're, they're all uh, excuse me, workplace gossip that someone, yeah, that someone's getting fired. Well, look, well, let's see if I'm introduced to Rose and her gossiping. Yes. Yeah, as has her way. Ah yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bulldog comes in. He's walking. He's squeezing these things for some reason. Counting. Yeah, he's 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 doing the hand grip thing. So that was the I don't yeah. know the other maybe, but uh, yeah. strengthening. He goes, he goes one hundred. New record, and Ross goes counting or squeezing. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, he says that he'd. Uh, he says that he uh, he made a bet with his listeners that if the Seahawks won their next game, he, he would do his whole. Upside down. Upside down. I got sick of him. all week. The only difficult is drinking coffee. He keeps burning his eyes. <laughs> and he goes over and uh, they're trying to speculate as and he bulldog goes off, just snaps, thinking somebody's nicked his ticket, his Sonic tickets, and then goes, "Oh, they're right here." It's, it's usually one for bulldog where he just snaps when he thinks he's lost it, and then Stinks immediately, then immediately Here's finds it. it again. And then uh, they all speculate it's bulldog, and they they say, Rudy goes, "No, it was one of the most." Listen, popular personality goes, except for women between ages of 34, 34 and 55, who think I'm sort of a god. <laughs> and, uh, like, Bill Dog gives Davies tickets because he said he has a meeting after work, and then everyone starts, like, backing up because they think, oh, maybe it is him. And then, uh, Rager seemingly seems to put them in their place a bit, the dangers are gossiping, and then immediately destroys his credibility by saying, although I've got Dizzy's parking space. <laughs> I believe it's just I'm I'm hoping I'm not making this call up with a different episode, but it's the guy who's having problems with his weight that calls in, and then you can quickly hear that there's a a drive through. Aye, and he's having problems with his weight, even though he's been a fat pig. Aye, he claims he's going through a tunnel, and he and he hangs up, and he goes, "Uh, now right at the end of that tunnel is a white lamp over a large order of fries." And Mike, I believe, was named the caller, who was apparently voiced by uh, Jay Leno. Jay Popul- Leno. Popular uh, former late night talk show host he's for still, years. He's still a talk show host with his big hair and his big ass is, chin. Is he still I thought he retired. No, he's still shit. No. Ah, ah. So, uh, while Roz leaves briefly, Fraser t- is talking to Father Mike and uh, it pressed a bit of the guy's mind to ease a bit possibly getting fired saying it's probably Bulldog. Yeah. Not realising that Bulldog is snuck into the booth for some reason. And has overheard him. Oh, he, might, he may have just been walking past overheard things being said about him and stopped to listen. No, oh, but he's actually in the booth, like right behind the door, so how would he. He does his show in that booth. Oh, yeah, he no, might have been going to get something. Oh, no, anyway, Bulldog is in the booth. And he overhears and he's tore up a bit, he's yelling, he's like, oh, I've done for this. And he lifts Jason and he grabs a microphone and he breaks it. And, uh,. He ends up racing up to the office to talk to the boss. Not before yeah. uh, grabbing Rosie and kissing her, which she looks completely disgusted at and just runs to the face at looking for answers. Like, what was that? She had the same look on her face that like you would have if uh, that guy who was in the Hype Brothers came up and hugged you. In Mojo Roller? Yeah, him, that guy. She had that look on her face. You can try to hug me, I'd kick him right in the fucking balls, to be honest with you, but... That's neither here. Come on, Scott, can we be friends? No, we can never be friends. <laughs> Fuck off, Mojo, why would you have mentioned that? Fucking... Mojo, you know Mojo is one of my trigger words. <laughs> Mojo. It's like, 
I'm trying to think you've got too many words that could possibly trigger you. <laughs> but we'll take, we'll move on, shall Not we? Not at the moment. I'm very, I'm very docile at the moment. Where am I? Aye. See, we keep stopping and going off on something else. I keep forgetting what point of the episode we're actually on, but yeah. Bulldog shouting at his boss. Aye, Bulldog goes up and Ross realises that Fraser has repeated the rumour. A bit, uh, a bit of him getting fired, yeah. And she goes off on him like that was just a rumor, and turns out the meeting was actually discussed taking his show national. He goes, Don't you know anything that goes on around here? Apparently not. He tries to phone the secretary for the boss, but he's Bulldog's already went in the office. And then it cuts to Bulldog and it shows you him yelling at him. Being dubbed over with barking. Yeah. But he's barking at the boss and blah blah blah, and he came out and talked about how he'd. Scorched him, told him how his wife was a fat pig to come on at the Christmas party. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And how, and how the bus right he take, take a swing at him. Yeah. And uh, he leaves and goes, Yeah, Ross tells Fraser to go talk to him. He went, No, the men's like, oh, he took a swing at me the day he hired me. <laughs> and then Chopper Dave comes in, yelling about a rumour the bulldog quitting, like, You don't say. <laughs> he, he tells them to keep, keep it under their. Under their hat. Under their hats, yes. It's, it's very hush hush while yelling the entire fucking time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Niall shows up at the house with, I'm thinking it's some kind of plant that has quite clearly been dead for some time. Yeah. And then like, hoping that, that Daphne can fix it, but. Uh, and it's Maris's plant, Daphne goes, Christ's sake, would she date it? He went, just loved it. But she's not there just yet, so Martin said, come, invites him to sit down. But uh, obviously, Niles and his dad don't have a lot in common, so they're just sitting there very, very awkwardly. Yeah. And he goes, Pickle? <laughs> yeah. And if uh, Martin says, if he just came to see Daphne, he doesn't have to see, he goes, Dad, I am completely offended, I'll have to leave. <laughs> and then as soon as Daphne comes in, she offers him to see if I goes, I'd love to. And then he did the bit like you said, No. Oh, he did, I'd be neighborhood. He, he did the bit where like you said, uh, just loved it. And uh, Fraser comes and can't believe I can't remember what he says. He, he complains about something I can't remember. I think it was about the rain or something like that. Yes, it was about the rain. I can't remember. But uh, don't be Fraser. Uh, Martin asked him what happened to Bulldog. Was how did you know? And he went, I didn't. He, I turned into his show like I always do. The Ed Father Mike filling in. Everything was Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. And uh, Daphne gets one of her psychic feelings like. I can tell something's wrong. You think you're responsible and all that, and Martin has like, that's amazing, definitely, do me, do me. <laughs> and then Razor repeats, tells them, fills them in what happened about the rumour and how you overheard it. Yeah, huh. And, uh, but then, what was it, Niles gets a phone call saying that uh, Mars had been cut out of the cast of cats. And, goes, and she's despondent and, and terrible. What happened? She couldn't remember the words to memory. <laughs> Yeah, they try, but they try to convince Fraser to help Bulldog. Yep. And uh, he went, uh, no, he went, no, the the boss is psychotic, and then Daphne just got chains in, and he cheats on his wife. Jesus, I'm on today. <laughs> and then uh, you see the dog is, uh, sorry, Eddie is at the door. Yeah. Uh-huh. And is they find out it's because Bulldog is on the other side. Yep. And. Uh, he comes in, he's soaked, he's just been wandering around the streets, apparently. 
And he says his girlfriend threw him it because the only reason she was with him was because he was on the radio. <laughs> Which is... Sorry. Yeah. And then Martin does the pickle. <laughs> and the uh, Martin says that he wouldn't have a radio if he wasn't really listening to Bulldog Show. <laughs> which you really wanted to cut to Fraser at that point because obviously he's on the radio oh, as well. Oh, really? And most, more often than not, he's on right before <laughs> Bulldog, so. Yeah. Alright, so uh, Fraser immediately is almost forced to let Bulldog say because he feels bad and they make him feel bad. He's like, what's, wrong, what's the point of having a priceless white cast if you can't have people crashing on it? And then they all just give him like dirty looks and even Eddie and like until he eventually relents and goes down to the station. Because mm. anything else, Eddie barks and Daffy goes, Oh, if you're going by the market, we're low on dog food. <laughs> and uh, you go to see Ed Miller who's trying to hang a picture which is over a big hole in the wall. Yeah. And he says that Bulldog threw one of these mates at him. And he goes, mm. If you did this to the wall, I oh, know he just dented it. I did that with his head. And then essentially, he tries to say, because I know he said some bad things, and the guy reveals that he takes everything in his office. Which I'm, know, which I'm pretty th- sure it's illegal. I'm pretty sure that guy that went and played Fraser's boss was in uh, one of the Superman TV series. Aye, Smallville, he was Lex Luthor's was dad. That, was that who he was? Aye, he was Lex Luthor's dad. He was oh. also played a mental, mental scientist in Batman and Robin. Oh, I know, he, aye, he, the he, one that makes Bane. Aye, he created Bane, and then Poison Ivy kills him. No, that was a shit movie. Yep. <laughs> it's completely shit. Absolutely terrible. But we're not here to talk about that. We're yeah. here to talk about this. But yeah. And then uh, he says about how... He said some things like, Yeah, how am I drunk? How my wife's a fat slut? That is indefensible. Your wife is not overweight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. He just looks at him like... He explains what happened. He said, Well, he says, he says the bulldog will kiss his ass. They'll let him come back. But they need to still let somebody go. He goes, not Father Mike. No, Trapper Dave. Right. Then he gives him the long. He 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 lists a bunch of people like Ray the Greengrocer. Aye, <laughs> and he it'll be Fraser. And like he gives him the whole people get fired and that. And well, Fraser's getting one of his drinks, getting a drink for the guy's car. That guy's boss phones him and fires him. Aye, <laughs> he goes. So that means my job is safe. And then he just gives the guy him the same spiel back. Just. Well, I've been around, not been around long, but people get fired. And then he immediately gets it because he knows the guy's going to punch fuck at him if he doesn't he? leave. Mm-hmm. But then the, the show credits a bit, a bit during the credits, it says Bulldog hanging upside down doing his show and then burning his face when he tries to drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Which just begs the question, why not just get a straw? Because he's Bulldog. Oh. So I'm actually going to give it more of a thumbs in the middle. Uh, for this episode, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Just different, yeah. Just different. Yeah. Different. yeah. See, like you talked about, talked about Bulldog in one of our earlier episodes. I can't remember which one specifically, but it was a bit how you know, wishing he'd be around more. And I said it works depending on what storyline you have for a character. And I think it's not a bad episode by any means, but it's not. But the fact that the fact that Bulldog is the main one of the main features in it. I think the same episode is an example of you can always considering how some of the latter seasons were. Yeah, we could have done a hell of a lot better with storylines for Bulldog than we could have done some of the bloody storylines we finished with. And yeah, but just saying, you know. I know, I know, but eh, uh, just I think this goes to show that you can't always. It's not always going to work when you 
interject uh, what is essentially a side, a side character or just a reoccurring bit character into a major, one of the major storylines into uh, making in the main focus of the episode is kind of a hit or miss but kind of thing. Now that we have made our decision on this, that is what a litre bottle of Jim Beam looks like. Yeah, people who can't see that, yes, he's showing me a very large bottle of Jim Beam. Yes, yes. Paul, once again, is an alcoholic. Look at the comparison. Why do, why are you showing me in mean balls? You couldn't have done that off air. We're trying to review Fraser here. We just reviewed one. I had time to do that. Sure. Anyway, uh -huh. we're moving on to episode 11, which is. I cannot remember. Ah, Death Becomes Him, I believe it's called. Oh, yeah, this is that one. Yes. Uh, Alright, this one, this one opens in the apartment, like you said. You yeah. said he's over there and there. Daphne talks about not always having a serious boyfriend to Niles and uh, he says, I think I prefer men on the more on the manly side and Niles has a swan that he's made out of a napkin and he immediately flattens it. Like, is that a little swan you made? No, it was a B-52. <laughs> and then Freya uh, comes in moaning that uh, uh, You'll Martin. Get there. I don't know why I keep blanking on things, but I only watched this episode like an hour ago. It'll be the sobriety effect in you. Oh yeah, that'll be it. But uh affects me terribly. I've noticed. <laughs> You're not really that much being not being sober is not much of a help but anyway. Aye, Martin was meant to be at the doctors once again, he skipped out his appointment and uh this is one of my favourite any moments this definitely goes, I'm gonna give him a good tone to when he comes home and then he's seen any Runs in from another room, leaps across the couch, leaps over Martin's chair onto the couch and to the door, and Fraser just goes, If only we had some way of knowing when he was about to arrive. And they try to like, see if Martin will crack or if he'll keep lying about his appointments. So they ask him questions, he just falls off, like, Oh, everything's good. Even mm. shows him a, a band aid on his arm, which, which Daphne immediately sees through and rips off and tells him that the doctor had phoned. So his logic is, I don't, I feel fine, I'll go to the doctor when I don't feel fine. Yeah. Which isn't, isn't, isn't completely illogical, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Future says, why don't you go see his doctor? And he means, uh, Martin immediately scoffs at the idea because when he finds out his doctor's a woman, which is something that Daphne takes offence to, saying that women have been poked and prodded by men for years and then, which causes just males to fade off and everyone's like, yeah, I'm thinking about Daphne and uh, a little, a little gown. Uh, he's like, no, so you can recommend that one. Ah, sorry, I drifted off. Anyway, uh, recommends it mainly because of the what kind of painting he has hanging in his office. <laughs> Can't remember what it's called, but yeah. And Fraser insists that he always score him personally, and they're sitting in the wait, uh, and sitting in the waiting room, and Martin's bored because he's been waiting for half an hour. And he's like, uh, he goes, do the Cosmo quiz. Are your nipples sensitive? <laughs> if you read it to yourself, it's not an oral test. You haven't seen question two. <laughs> then he goes uh, to the woman, that's the woman at the desk. She says, oh, he's getting in his he's home at Lakeshaw. He goes, ooh, Lakeshaw, this man must be good. <laughs> and he's still waiting. They go to see if there's anybody else available. And this woman starts talking to Martin about all her symptoms and all that. And she goes, so what's, what's, what are you here for? 
I have sensitive nipples. <laughs> and uh, Frieda said to dad that the doctor is not going to be able to get, make his appointment, which sets Martin off. He's written and raving about the doctor's no, making them wait and then no, not uh, falling through in their appointment. And then he just says, he's dead. I'm sure he was a good man. <laughs> then he gets to Frieda talking to Ros about it. And uh, she's starting to she's, you know, brings it back because they said the man was his age, yeah. so which is what what it's got Fraser all worked up. And Matt, uh, Daphne, uh, Roz, sorry, brings it back into the fact she's dating an older man. She's worried that he might just keel over when they're in bed together. And uh, Fraser goes, well, someone has a very high opinion of herself. <laughs> and asks her, why is it they always come back when they're whatever they're talking about? They always come around to her sex life, and she goes, it's because I have one. <laughs> but. Uh, Frieder calls uh, Niles over to the house. Oh, fuck. Did you miss a bit? I missed a bit that was at the start of the episode, because right before the whole edit, I got caught up in the edit bit, because that's yeah. really good. I mentioned last last episode, uh, Niles had his uh, multiple personality groups, and he made the joke about the name tags. I said he had one in this episode, he said, uh, why couldn't you have taken Dad to the doctors? And Niles goes, well, I have my fear of abandonment workshop, and I've already been in a nutshell twice. <laughs> Also, uh, when Martin was in the waiting room, he asked Fraser if he keeps his patients waiting. Used to keep his patients waiting like this, and he goes, "Only the compulsives." It was part of their therapy. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Fraser calls everyone over, and Martin uh, says, to him, "I was in the middle of my workout. I can always pump iron later." Oh, Niles! You can't even pump your own gas. I uh, just when he was, he just him going pump iron. <laughs> just the disdain in his voice. And he's trying to sort his affairs and we're like, yeah. He gives them Martin and uh, nail stickers to put over objects that they want bequeathed to them. Mm. He goes, what if you got into an argument over that African mess, for instance? That'll never happen. Now you can have it. I don't want it. And looks at Dad and he goes, look at me, I throw, I throw a sheet over that thing when you're not home. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then the reason they, they find that the reason they wanted uh, Daphne in the wee meeting because most acting out there at home and he knows that Daphne will be the one that probably finds his body and she goes, oh, I'll save the best fat for me. Mm. And then uh, Fraser goes to bring a bottle of wine and then Niles suggests he's changed to something else. But it's only so he can put his name on the first bottle. Yeah. Which everybody catches him doing. <laughs> then Fraser does a weird thing where Eddie's sitting over him while Fraser's put his hand in his his fingers down his ears just so he can hear. He's a severe hypochondriac thinking about every little possible thing that could go wrong. Yep. With his physical self. Mm-hmm. And he won't chill out. And I think this is when his dad tells him the story about, you know, Aye, being, being frightened to go in after he gets shot. And Aye, because he, as a cop, he sees people die all the time. Yeah. But he's like, well, next time I had to go into a building, I just went in there. And he's like, the fact that I got shot was completely coincidental. And then Fraser goes, we're this close to helping me, Dad. This close. <laughs> and then he explains that the guy, you don't know, because the guy was the same age, you don't mean he had the same medical treatment, he could have been an alcoholic. So Fraser goes a little nuts and says he's going to go to the man's wake. Yeah, see, takes it way overboard, as Fraser is wanted yeah, to. And goes to the wake just to find out information about the guy from the guy's family. Yeah. And he get, subsequently finds out that the guy is. A health nut. A health nut, won't eat fatty foods, won't eat saturated fats, always exercising. His blood work was good, everything was healthy about the guy. And Fraser makes a mistake of joking, have you checked that he's actually dead? He's <laughs> just upset his family members yeah. even more. But Fraser is scared out. Like, 
this makes things worse for Fraser. He's getting dumbfounded. Like, this, how, what could have caused this? Aye. And he ends up talking to his wife, who's similarly like dumbfounded about how but he could have died. She's heartbroken. She, and she's heart, obviously. But uh, she knows, like Fraser, she knows that her husband was a health man and did everything right, but she can't wrap her head around why he would die so suddenly. And Fraser, Fraser Fraser manages to. I was like, well, as a third of us, he helps her and says, like. I think subsequently helps himself. Yeah, like focus on the little things, and you can't focus on death. All well, the time. Well, a man who lives the right way and I can, can drop dead like that, the man who eats cheeseburgers and smokes hundreds of cigarettes a day can live to eighty. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, you clutching a big clear bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah, you just you just gave it a prompt there. There you go. You, uh, essentially, he's cutting a nicer version of what Vince McMahon said years ago. Life sucks, and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> then Fraser goes to leave, and then their family's overheard, and they're thanking him for that, for his advice, and he says, if only I believed it myself. Yeah. And then this woman comes up to him, and this is just the most inappropriate thing. She's like... Um, probably this, ever. Yeah, but then she offers him yeah, a no, number. She doesn't think... She, she knows that she'll probably never see him again, but she's like to... But then Fraser just smiles and realises there's yeah. one of the little things that life can offer. Yep. And then the post-credit is, well, the credit thing is Daphne in the house. She keeps staring at that African mask and takes a sheet and throws it over <laughs> the... Uh, I'd say this is a thumbs up because yeah. this is very much typical Fraser as we mentioned. Oh, it's a, it's a very funny episode with a nice warm message in it. Yeah. So that's two good episodes of Fraser. Yeah. Now it's time we get on to the real main part of this episode. Yeah, let's get wasted. <laughs> no. Oh. Do you have cider? I have something better. I don't like bourbon. Do you know you don't like bourbon? No, I no, it's an educated guess. See, you don't know. I don't want your bourbon. It's okay, because I'm not opening it anyway. Good. Can we get on to Bret Hart? Yes. He's an asshole. Essentially, they're both to Bret Hart. Yeah. More so on your side, but yeah. So you're saying we can't phone him up and go, ah, stupid Brett, ha, ha, ha. Do you have his fucking number? No. Well, Would then. I prank call him? No, because he'd probably put a lawsuit on me or something. He's a petty man like that, a small petty man. Well, then why did you suggest him? Um, I don't know. Go on. We could tweet him. Yeah, let's if, do that. Let's if, hey, if, you, if I, if I had If I had internet connection, I'd tweet him right now. Yeah. Hey, listen to the podcast, dickhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're talking all about you. Talk, talk, talk through. It's yeah when you first seen heard or seen the Bret Hart because I think it's your thing is more so at first was more you're more the thing where you're either a Sean guy or a Brett guy and you're yeah. more of a Sean. I've always been a Sean guy. Yeah, that the, the main crux of why you don't like Brett other than the fact that he's he moans all the time. Well, you look at you look at Brett right, and I'm talking about you look at Brett. From early on up until when he retired, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Brett. Now, I've seen that WrestleMania too, when the Hart Foundation were in that battle royal with the football stars. Yeah. The only interesting thing that happened in that match, right, was when Andre put both of them out of the thing. Mm-hmm. Both right? were in blue randomly, not yeah, the original pink. Yeah, they were a heel team. Uh-huh. And their original incarnation managed by the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, no, managed Jimmy by Hart. Jimmy Hart. I've yeah. rephrased myself. Who else? I think it's because he also yeah, managed to hunk yeah. up, man, that you got confused. Yeah. I think it's whenever you think of Jimmy Hart and WWF, yeah. as it was at the time, you generally think Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Because that's, that was his singles guy, you mm-hmm. 
But anyway, anyhow, I watched Brett, right? And I watched the Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I never liked them. Mm. I always kind of liked the anvil because he was kind of mental. Yeah. You know, and I always found it funny, like when they were in a match, and because he never had the long hair, everybody always grabbed his chin because mm-hmm. he had the goatee. <laughs> was, I remember the warlord grabbing his chin and beating him, <laughs> you know. So anvil was at least interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But Brett, I mean, Brett's like the boring part of the football match. You know what I mean? So when Brett comes in the ring, that's the cue for you to go make yourself a cup of tea. Because he's such a fucking dullard. There is, he has the personality of a brick. You know? it's all. He's like Benoit in a lot of ways. Because if you were to ask me just purely on technical ability and skill, is Brett a great wrestler? I'd be talking shit if I said no. Yeah. You know, Brett is... No one can fucking take away from a man's pure ability. Mm-hmm. Right? He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler. Right? He's a great grappler. But is Bret Hart, in the grand sense of it, is Bret Hart a great wrestler? No. Mm-hmm. Because you can't just have that one part and claim to be, as he always did claim, the best or is, best or was, best or ever will be. Yeah, the best is, was, and ever will be at that particular part of your profession. But it, you are not a complete fucking athlete, you know what I mean? You are not a complete pro wrestler. He never was a complete pro wrestler, and he never is going to be a complete pro wrestler. Sean, on the other end of the scale, he had technical ability, he had grappling ability, he had high fly ability, he had all three major facets physically for a wrestler. He had personality, he had look, he had selling power. The guy was phenomenal. That's like six different points and Brett had one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying there. Diesel even. Diesel. He had power and he had look. That's even one more fucking... Of the two, the five five or six main categories that Diesel had more than him. (laughs) Scott Hall. Technical ability. Good look. Power ability. And if Vince had balled to get up his hole and actually push him, right? Great selling ability, I thought. Yeah, I think a lot of I watch a lot of Bret Hart matches. The ones I've seen, I've watched kind of after the fact because I I never watched Bret when he was around. Yeah, and I think maybe it's because I'm more accustomed to a certain to a different style. Being a more current fan, uh, of the given the time period I watched, Bret's style never appealed to me. And if I was there at the time, I think between the two, I probably would have went with Sean because his style is more closer to to now. That's mainly because there are a lot of people who grew up watching Sean and were inspired by him, like the guys like Jericho, Rollins. Yeah. We've all talked about Sean being and influences. AJ? Uh, AJ, who's roughly about only a decade younger than Sean or uh, something. Uh, he's like nearly 40. Yeah, but AJ. even uh, he, you look at him and he wrestles a kind of match similar to what Sean would have wrestled. You know, apparently when a Macho Man was being moved to commentary because Vince said we're doing a youth movement, apparently Macho Man was, was younger than AJ is now Yeah. at the time. Goodness. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. I, yeah and I, I did my research. My one bit of research I did for this episode was I watched Tipman Wrestling with Shadows for the first I time. I have, yeah. And I'd never watched it. Had you never watched it, no? Never watched it. You see what a cunt he is. A compliment I can give to this, it's a better documentary than fucking Beyond the Mat. Yeah, 
I, I really don't yeah, like yeah, beyond yeah, that's that. Gra- that's garbage. Yeah, we, we can talk about that in a different time. But a, yeah, what a self. You can tell he takes himself very. He took himself very seriously. Probably Such still does. An asshole. Yeah. Mm. There's a reason his podcast got cancelled after a while. Yeah, but he's such a butthole. Mm-hmm. The fact that these open line is you don't get many heroes nowadays or something like that. Yeah. And talks about being a role model. I'm sure for many young kids at the time he was, but just the way he bigged himself. Not but, for less young kids. Yeah, you no, know, but I'm saying for there were a number of kids like mm. kids like the kids in the front row that he would often give you sunglasses to and all yeah, that. Yeah. So before we get into uh, talk more now about one positive I need to say about him is the whole uh, Two of my bet the best matches I've seen of Brett are the two with Owen, the ones at SummerSlam, the one at Mania. Yeah. And I think I might be one of the few that actually re- prefers the Mania match to the SummerSlam match. What one did Owen win? The Mania match. That's the one I, I like. Yeah, because like, I think a lot of people prefer the, the Steel Cage, and that's actually the one that got five stars, but I prefer the, the Mania one. But apparently, because it's like Brett Harbin was meant to win the title back at SummerSlam 93 after losing at Mania in scary fashion. And then Hogan won it and that. He was meant to beat Hogan at SummerSlam. Then Hogan got his way and that, that didn't happen. Yeah. And also, he was in programs with, like, say, Jerry Lawler and that. And that was... Brett was annoyed from being in the main event to feuds with Jerry Lawler. And Vince want, they also wanted to... He didn't want Brett to be annoyed. He wanted to keep him around and he wanted to appease him. So he said mm. he tried to tie him with a feud with one of his family members. But Vince originally suggested uh, Bruce Hart. And... Uh, Brett immediately said no and had the sense to say, like, let me let it be Owen because he's really done to give him a chance because Owen hadn't really got a chance to really showcase yeah. how good he was. So that's the one probably thing that he gave Owen the chance through that program to show how good he actually was. And yeah. well, I think a lot of people won't deny that uh, Owen, Owen was. The belt did. Owen deserved that, that program and that push at that time. Yeah. But no, that, fair enough, he did that for Owen, but that was his blood, that was his family, right? Yeah. Anything aside for his family, you talk about that fucking documentary, right? There's a key moment in that where you can tell Brett is a complete arse bandit. What is that? That bit in the programme, right? Where he's sitting there in the car with his kid, right? And he's literally whinging and whining about how the fans are reacting to Stone Cold beating his knee with a chair and shit. Right? And he's saying, I was so angry at lay fans for this and that. And, it, and you're sitting thinking, this is the fucking life and the business you chose, dickhead. The fans are going to fucking turn on you. You can you can tell from when the interviewer that his mum is clearly still, even nowadays, now, even at that point, clearly does not like wrestling. No. Does not like the fact that she got involved. Like, she apparently still told her that they'd only be... Involved in, uh, involved in this for two more years when they got together, married, and then 20 years later they're still involved. And now she don't want her boys involved in the business. She don't want her daughters marrying wrestlers. Now what happened? All of her boys got in wrestling in oh, some right. form or another. And their daughters married wrestling like, well, they're married, Nyhart, yeah, Bulldog and all that. I reckon they're a cursed family, much like the Von Eric, so if you think about it. Because, I mean, Brett had the stroke. Mm-hmm. Owen died. Another brother died recently for the cancer. Uh, Bulldog. I heard, I heard Bulldog's dead. Nightheart's no too well with now. That yeah. family's fucked. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yet, the thing is, even now, with all that horrible shit happened to his family, a lot of time when you hear Brett, he's still whining. Mm-hmm. 
he's still hardening shit for 20 years, 25 years ago. It's maybe a joke that a lot of people, if you really know Bret Hart, you'll get. Uh, I'd probably give Wrestling with Shadows a 4 out of 10. Yeah. Do you get that joke? Yeah, that reference? No. Damn. That was a, apparently with a shoot interview a few years ago. He was in. Oh, are you talking about what rate the game rating he would give Triple H? Oh, yeah, I think it was a match with the Undertaker. The Hell in a Cell he had it May twenty eight. I think he yeah. gave him a four out of ten. That was that's been a joke with some people when her and some boys they had to rate a match they didn't like a lot or so they didn't like to go. Oh, I'll give it the Bret Hart four out of ten. <laughs> well, I'm a pussy I, bitch. I'd probably give Lindsay a bit more than four out of ten, but I did that for a joke. What was your opinion of his kind of? plump wife given given the, the riot act to Triple H and what looked like I think animal uh, I wasn't, yeah I wasn't sure who the other one was but you can tell she was I think she had a right to be annoyed given the circumstances do you, do you think that Triple H was fibbing to her? yeah a lot of people actually have said that Triple H was one of the people there at the time when they were coming out with the finish and he was one of the people they just went do you know what if he's only in a day of business well, fuck him. one of the people who said why don't we just screw him around because apparently quite a few people suggested that, but Triple H has been said to be one of the first to say it. Like, if he's no any daily job? Oh, can I just say a couple of podcasts any of reference here? One was a, a Bruce Pritchard one, where he said something to wrestle with, where he went, where he talked to, he was asked when, when fucking Vince Russo, as he takes credit for everything in that time, yeah. took credit for the screw job, and said that, he said, oh, I, yeah, I came up with, why don't we put him in a short and then ring the bell? Like, no. We didn't plan on the sharpshooter being the spot where we screwed him. We we knew we well, people, a few people suggested screwing Brett, and he said that when we decided we were going to do it, we noticed that there was a point where Sean was meant to get Brett in the sharpshooter, so that spot was already planned. We thought that spot's as good as any. Mm. So it wasn't the first to say, okay, we're going to put him in the sharpshooter, then screw him. No, they already planned the sharpshooter, and then when they planned they were going to screw him, they thought, let's just use this spot, it's as good as anything. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, if you're a fan of this and Bret Hart, you should listen to the episode of 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff about Bret Hart's time in WCW where he, pre- he called uh, Bret Hart a professional whiner. That's what he, that's what he fucking is. Uh, and he said about how he's so good at passing the blame to anyone but himself. Yeah. That's all it... Do you know what Sid Yudi said once? You know, Psycho Sid? Sid? Uh, he said wrestling Bret was like pulling fucking teeth. Mm-hmm. Because he said, and this is me comparing Cockhead with Awesome Sean again, <laughs> but it's my way. But he said, when you wrestled Brett, Brett, Brett cared about one thing, making Brett look good. Mm-hmm. He didn't really give a shit about making his opponent, you know, he didn't work well with his opponent. Mm-hmm. Didn't care about making him look good, and then he said, but if you wrestled Sean, Sean looked at his way to make everything in the match look good. Mm-hmm. And that included making his opponent look good. Yeah, uh, after we've talked about it before, I don't know if we talked about it here, but about the story of Undertaker going off on Brett one time yeah. in February oh, may next. I? May I please? Uh, can I? Can I just win okay, the context okay. first? And I'll throw it to you. When I said, and he said, and I'll throw it to you. <laughs> okay, and uh, okay. it's explained that apparently, uh, and at the Royal Rumble '96, Undertaker challenged Brett for the title, and then Diesel causing an interference, which helped Brett retain. And essentially they were meant to do a similar spot the next review which said that it was Diesel challenging Brett because Diesel versus Taker at Mania 12 was maybe the co-main event so they wanted to build that and give as much of a bill on his 
the inevitable Brett-Sean match. Yeah. And Brett was complaining about having the same finish two months in a row about how weak it made him because a champion, because of having interference going into Mania, he thought he wouldn't look as, credible, as a credible champion going into Mania. And The Undertaker, who's usually very, was known as a very quiet, very stoic man, not known to raise his voice, eventually, apparently, eventually snapped and said to Brett, You're like, motherfucker, not everything is about you. <laughs> Essentially, that was it. No, that was it. Yeah, that was because it. Because I, wa- I watched Kevin Nash's shoot interview. Yeah. And apparently, like you say, Undertaker just jumped up out of his chair after sitting listening to Brett whining on, like, oh, I don't want to look weak in front of the fans. Oh, no, it'll take away my credibility. And like, motherfucker, not everything is about you. No, Brett talked about, obviously, not reason he didn't, he didn't want to lose the title in Montreal and all that. He's a hero and all that. He's not and, a fan. And hero Vince, apparently, fan. Vince's uh, reasoning was he didn't want the belt shown off on Buffalo and Nitro. But apparently, if he listened to it, to listen to it, brush off, tell it. He couldn't have Brett show up with the title on Nitro even if he wanted to. Because apparently, one, he'd been dealing with a lot, enough legal shit from the WF with what first off with when Kevin, uh, when uh, Scott all showed up, he was still acting like Razor and one, yeah. which caused the real thing like, oh, you can't use these characters. Like, we're not, even though he maybe had them, like, we're not calling them Razor and one. And also, there's the infamous Medusa skit with uh, her dropping the belt, women's belt in the bin. They're still dealing with the ramifications. Good thing that one was built shit anyway. St- they were dealing with the ramifications of that stuff like that. Yeah. So like legally, like the legal team, like Ted Turner, apparently said wouldn't let him do that even if he wanted to do that. And apparently, even he said that he uh, that uh, he actually encouraged Brett to leave the WF on the best possible terms. Yeah. Which probably would have, which included kind of. Like Luke dropping, doing, dro- he was told. doing business and dropping the belt, he said. Like, even he admits that Brett trying not not wanting to lose in Canada was bullshit. Yeah. Also, apparently, this goes to show how much he had dick Brett is because there are two examples of, but of him talking shit about people that everybody else seems to have not nothing but nice things to say about, which just goes to show how much of an arsehole Brett is. Oh, go on. As which uh, I mentioned, apparently. He, Brett didn't like his sold out night a match with uh, uh, Ric Flair and complained about the lack of psychology and I said that's something about being typical with Rick or something like that which is bullshit because he, because Bischoff mentioned that he'd had a match with Flair at Starcade and said about how like Brett, Rick did everything he could to make your opponent look good, even someone like me a non-wrestler, he made me look as good as he possibly could yeah and also Dean Malenko, a guy who's also been known as one of the better best workers of that era. Uh, he Brett suffered an injury, kind of an accidentally in the match with Malenko, yeah. and uh, essentially implied about Malenko either being an. Was equal, this before or after his little kick from Goldberg? This is before that. Yeah. You think I think he accused Malenko of either making being an idiot or something like that, or doing it on purpose or yeah. just being clumsy. Yeah, which Malenko never was. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, I know Brett was annoyed because Vince went back on his deal and told him, well, why don't you stop negotiations with WCW? Yeah, but like Vince said, Vince was kind of talked into that by his people. Mm-hmm. He'd done one of those rare things that he ever does, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He actually listened to his people. Yeah, but the thing, like, given that this, Brett was was not silent about most things but especially not about the direction the was going as they were entering the Attitude Era yeah that's the thing Brett could not move with the fucking times yeah and I don't think even being a like you said being a technician is not wasn't enough 
for Brit because he would have ended up like some guys like Dan Severin, by all accounts one of the toughest guys in the yeah. world, a hell of a wrestler. They did not know what to fucking do with him because he, because promo wise he was not very good. He was just a very big, mean looking man with a mustache. A very good looking mustache at that as well. It was a good looking mustache, I grant you. On the Tom Selleck skills of yeah. great mustaches. And he had a very good and hard ass sounding entrance theme. Aye, well weirdly I've seen interviews with him. Very soft, not a tough sounding voice. He's a very soft manner. Very soft. Well, okay, even nowadays you could tell you still kick, you could still kick your ass if you mess with him. Yeah. It's still. Very soft spoken. You when you hear him talk, you don't. If you, when you if you heard about the stuff Dan Severn did, and then heard him talk, you think this guy that nicely voiced little man. A guy, a guy people. looks like your granda. <laughs> oh no, your granda or like your neighbour, your uncle. That he seemed like a nice guy, and you wouldn't think he was a guy who beat in the UFC and in the NWA and hold belt both the belts at the same time. Yeah. Well, he was yeah. apparently physically a very vicious fucker. Even like when they came in, Malenko and Benoit being technicians at first, they didn't have the best of time when they first came in, because yeah, they didn't because they, cause, in, but, you know, cause they didn't know what to do with them. That's what Brett would have been if he'd stuck around. That's the thing. We'll see if Brett had stuck around and bit the fucking bullet and had a bit of, you know, a bit of patience. Mm-hmm. His career could have been a bit quiet for a while, but finished on a high. Mm-hmm. If he'd have just fucking played ball. You imagine if he took her in and went with guys like if he went with The Rock once The Rock finally became yeah. I think The Rock. Yeah. Or him going out up against Champion Austin or him and Kane or an Undertaker. Him and Benoit even. Yeah. Well, they had a match finally in late ninety nine which was referred to as the Owen Hart tribute match. Yeah. I've not seen it but I've heard nothing but good things about it because yeah. obviously they're both good also, Brett, Brett was Brett, obviously Brett, Brett uh, or Benoit was really good friends with Owen. Yeah. Or Edge and Edge, Edge and Brett. Aye. You know, there's many fucking ways that Brett's career could have finished that he just had the sense to play ball. There were a lot of complaints about Brett Sanders who were like, that day was, he got lost, the first day he was 14, at one point he joined the NWO <coughs> for no reason about how they didn't capitalise on him coming in after the screw job and the first reason was Brett was here for the money. Yeah. He so was like 3 million over 3, like 3, three million years. over 3 years, so it Nine million for three years. Yeah. He was in for it, and apparently, Brett would rarely have ever suggest anything, like for his character. Like, let's oh, what instead of he was told, well, we're going to do this. He would rarely, if ever, suggest, well, why don't we do this instead? No, you just go fine. I said, like, he said, say what you want about guys like Nash and Hall. He said they always like had something to contribute to their character and yeah. to what they were doing. So yeah. Right, obviously, one of his biggest problems, one of his biggest problems is because is that he takes himself far, far too seriously. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, like, I, I think... mean, that, that bit on the documentary as well, do you remember that bit near the start of it? Mm-hmm. Where he's talking about he was having a match against Dino Bravo mm-hmm. and just didn't want to take a three count of Dino Bravo, so he just got, took a count out when he wasn't supposed Despite to. Despite the fact his sternum was fucked, his ribs were fucked. He was so fucking up, he's silly when they take a pin for Dino Bravo. The fact that he said he, he didn't know if he had a punctured lung or not, so you're lying there, 50-50 chance that you might have punctured your lung, you could be near death. And you still only take a pin up a guy. I know. And what, what, did he think he was better than Dino Bravo? Dino oh. Bravo was plus, just plus, as good as him. Plus it was a live event as well, so what harm would it have done? Exactly, but he's so fucking, such a self-important arsehole. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, 
He's, he's basically a douche. Yep. You know, I mean, we could prattle on and prattle on about, and we could prattle on, you know, intricately about how Brett is a cunt, and we could just say he is a cunt, but to, to put it simply, the guy cared about nothing about making himself look good. He cared about nothing. Mm -hmm. The whole thing from start to finish, it was all Bret Hart. Excuse me, it wasn't yeah. Bret Hart works for this company and has to do this, you know, or Bret Hart works for this company and maybe if he did this about his character and listened to the people about his character, this might work for him. Mm -hmm. But no, it wasn't that, it was what made Bret look good and in the end up when he was all pissy, it was just about how much money can I squeeze out of WCW. Mm -hmm. And he was there for those three years, so he most well likely got that nine mil. One of the best things he did do during the series where he got speared by Goldberg and then Goldberg just lies there. Brett gets back up and he reveals under his hockey jersey he was wearing a metal plate. I heard that and one, that, yeah. that was a good... But, uh, one, th one thing I want to say is, like, and it would be able to be lying if he wasn't a good wrestler for the time. Yeah. Same about being a technician, but... You know me, I mentioned in the last episode, I'm a fan of technical wrestling. Like, I, and although there have been, there have been wrestlers who have been guilty in the past, they struggle with the personality side of it rather than just the wrestling, and that could be a hindrance at times. Yeah. And I love a good bad technical wrestling. Like, sometimes I'm more in the mood for that, or I'm more in the mood for something more high-flying, or something more with a story in it, but just depends. But, like, Brett, even... Me as a fan, somebody who likes saying wrestling, I still don't think Brett was the best technical wrestler. I still think I can name quite a few who are probably better at oh, it than it him. Is. There is. And uh, but it, I think a lot of people like. But you can't, look, 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 you can't deny he had the ability. Yeah, he did have ability. I'm just saying, I don't think he was as good as he. But it was also. If, I mean, I can say what I want about wrestling. One thing I can say nice about him is he was better at wrestling than he was at fucking promos. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Even the promos he was cutting in '97 when he was starting, being a bit more momentum with the Heart Foundation yeah. as uh, the heel in Canada, never were a face in Canada, never were else but heel in America. Uh, even then, his promos went on for far too long. Like if you try and if you tried to listen to his promo from the night after May '13 when he officially turned heel, yeah, good lord, he goes on for a while. He does. He does. One of the best things about that is it cuts to the courage of someone with a pink towel and written on it Brett's crying towel. <laughs> I just yeah. I just like that. Oh, yeah. We're watching the gift where Shannon goes super kicks him and he, he falls back into the the wheelchair Boom. and he falls back over that. Apparently Sean was late and he hit the super kick just after they went off air that night. He did, but if you watch it closely it's a good kick. Yeah. See? Ooh, right it's, a, it's, a, it's not a soft one. Nope. Because if you look at Sean just after he gave that kick, he is not a happy boy. He's mm -hmm. like, I, I meant to hit that, you dick. I think a lot of Fred's objection with how Cumbie was going in the attitude was because he was more a traditionalist because that's how he'd been brought up with his dad. <laughs> and as much as, like, you can say, like, if you were told oh, you need to lose this guy, and if Sean, yeah. if you were told to lose a guy who would be as much a cunt to us if, as Sean was supposedly a cunt to Brett, yeah. you'd be object to. But if he was as old school as he claimed, he would have just done he, it. He would have done the old school thing of laying down on his way out. But you see what happens? Sean does that, and then that happens. <laughs> Watching a picture of Sean with the belt. Yeah, Sean does. Boom! And then that happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's 
That's what we have to say about Bret Hart. No, we're not fans he's, of him on this show. He's a very naughty man. Please don't be put off if you are a fan of Bret Hart. I mean, we like we sure there's other things you like that we also like. If, you, if big... you are a fan, of, if you are a fan of Bret Hart, there is a cure. Watch a lot of Shawn Michaels matches, and then you'll <laughs> like him better than Bret. Watch any wrestler's match. Watch some paint drying, and then you'll not be a fan of Bret. Yeah. Also, guys, say about his promos, and clearly not, clearly not something. Really, I mean, not being able to get at promos is cool as something that runs in the family, Natalia. <laughs> She's a guy. <laughs> That's going to be the big reveal. It's actually night art in a costume. Like, see, the makeup people, I'm sure, are very good backstage in WWE, but I've seen photos of Natalia out of WWE, and she looks fine. Then she gets into WWE, she gets in the ring, and some there are times where she looks terrible and thing, like... This makeup team has got it all reversed here. You look like shit here. Also, I've got to say, our entrance music is god awful. Have you seen uh, about Brett's? I go back and forth when I've seen some because there are times where I hate it because oh, that's like oh, it's just a noise. That is just a fucking noise. But then there are other times where I've heard it where I think it's just a mid thing. Ugh. When I heard it, I thought that's actually. Although I prefer, definitely prefer Owens. Yeah. Well, he's what one are you more because I'm more of any of these at least. Enough is enough theme. Oh, no, no, no. Or are you more of a high energy? High energy one, yeah, yeah I like that one more. Right, if you by all against uh, Owen was meant to win the title well, from Brett at a live Owen event, did he not? I don't know because people are gay, people change, well. I don't know, because. Lines change. I don't know. Well, I think I think we've done enough talking about Brett as I can stand anyway. Yeah. Sure, well, the more we could say, like you said, we don't have the time or the interest to do so. Yeah, you're not that important to us, Brett. But yeah, but do listen to that uh, that episode of 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. And Brett Hart, if by some miracle you ever hear this show, we ain't kidding. You suck. Yes, but I'm sure somebody on Twitter will at Brett and tell him about us you now. And then he'll, and he'll start a lawsuit and cry about it. Wow. <laughs> you can try and sue us. We've got fuck all worth soon as over. If he tries to steal unless, my cigarettes. Unless he, want, unless he wants to get a bottle of Jim Bean out of it, he's fucked. I'll empty that before he gets near it. Oh, sorry, Scott. All right. He, he can pry less out of my cold, sober hands. Yes. It's mine. Okay. Well, I think we've said all we can see. We're going to leave it there. Remember, hey, follow us on Twitter at... Yes. The will protect it. Yeah, that stuff, <laughs> Bravo, is going to help you. Yeah. There are times where I think we should be a video podcast because we do a lot of jokes. We make quite a few jokes that are more visual than anything else. And there are times like, no, we should not be a video podcast. No one should see this. It's bad <laughs> enough they have to listen to it. <laughs> yes. We do. But uh, if it's somewhere where you're still listening and you want to hear more, first of all, seek help. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a moment after that, go on Twitter and follow us at SP Rambling. You get me at Scott McLeod 1996. You can like us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Rambling. Yeah, it's on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all good. And if go you go on leave... Anchor and you can see the likes for all the other places and if we're you don't available. Us, we're on Spotify. Check Spotify, you'll find us. Like, thing like, good lord, what happened to Spotify that they're letting these bastards on? You're there. Yep.
Spotify has really went downhill. <laughs> we'll be back next week with, I'm sure, something. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be back with some well, more we rambling we were, shit. Well, we promised last week we'd do the Bret Hart thing this week, so I don't know what we're going to do next week. We'll figure it out. We'll have something by next week, we promise. Well, you know, you know you will have your face and we'll be doing the first worst of the few Christmas specials. Not my favourite special, my favourite comes in season three. But anyway, thanks everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.